Hi friends, and welcome to Trauma and Triumph. This is a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of powerful women who have taken their trauma and transformed it into triumph. I'm your host, Krista Janine, best known for my IG handle, Krista Janine, where I discuss health, wellness, social justice, single parenthood, and everything in between. But most importantly, where I discuss how we can all take trauma and transform it into triumph in our lives. During season one, you're going to meet a variety of amazing women who have overcome tremendous obstacles, setbacks, and trauma to become the extraordinary people they are today. On episode four, we have Missy Beck. Missy is a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as a therapeutic coach based out of Los Angeles, California. She works with individuals struggling with anxiety, depression, life transitions, and relationships. In addition to her private practice, she also works providing ketamine-assisted psychotherapy where she supports clients in assessing a deeper level of self through the use of ketamine. She is currently working on a book in the mental health space that will be out in spring of 2022. So please help me welcome Missy Beck. Welcome. I'm happy to have you. Um, So diving right in, what is one trauma-centered event you've experienced that strikes you as a pivotal moment in your life? You know, Krista, when I think about this question, there's so many things that come to mind um, for better and for worse. Like most of us, I'm somebody who's had a lot of trauma and a lot of loss. But when I think about the words that you selected there, specifically this pivotal moment, um, really for me, what what comes to mind is my ex-husband coming out to me and telling me that he was struggling with his sexuality and ultimately is gay. Um, That really, in so many ways, while there's so many other traumas and things I've experienced, really is such a pivotal moment in my life. It's It's sort of this moment that I can really pinpoint and kind of center all my other trauma around. And how so? Like, how can you center your other trauma around that one? So, okay. So this question is, is going to take me to, to a lot of different places. So let me kind of back up in time and share that, um, my, you know, without getting into too much detail of, of all of these things, if I'm to really go back in time, um, with sort of my first big, big trauma was when I was nine years old, my parents had split up and, Um, my mom left. My mom is the one who moved out of the house and my sister and I stayed with my dad. And, you know, sharing that story in today's day and age, I think is a lot different because you hear that often, a lot of children being raised by fathers and not to say that that didn't happen in the early nineties, but it was definitely a bit more um, taboo. And, you know, even when I speak into this today, the idea of a mother leaving her child is just not the norm. You think of that as, you know, I don't believe in unconditional love and romantic partnership. I I just don't think that exists. But I think that the one place where we really can find unconditional love so often is that between parent and child. So to have my mom up and leave was a real sense of abandonment and loss. Um, And then, you know, just kind of fast forwarding through that timeline, there's a lot of things I could cover. But ultimately, my mom ended up being diagnosed with breast cancer. And then she passed away when I was um, 18 years old. So that was a a huge loss in my life. And then everything that happened with my ex-husband. And then if I fast forward past that, um, by a few years, my father 
who was really, you know, my rock, my primary caregiver in so many ways was diagnosed um, with melanoma brain cancer and he ultimately passed away. So there I was 34 years old, having um, not only lost both my parents at that point, but also having um, gone through a, a pretty traumatic divorce. So when I think about my ex-husband and, you know, our divorce, I think what really strikes me as it being so pivotal is that I had already experienced so much loss and there was loss that came after that. But so much of everything that happens, I think, in the loss of a love relationship brings up all of those other losses. And granted, my father was after the fact, but I think it really... Um, well, when I get into more of the story of Jared and I, it'll help formulate, but I really believe that Jared was put on my path, you know, for, a, for a lot of beautiful reasons, but in the moment of going through all of this, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, so as my story unfolds, I guess that the pivotal turn will make a little bit more sense, but it's, it's really, um, this moment that kind of solidified this feeling of, of loss and abandonment and what that looks like and choosing to sort of rewrite that narrative for myself. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because a lot of women you know have have sat where you sat right and they have gotten divorced because their husbands you know either discover later in life that oh yeah I don't you know want to be with a woman I want to be with a man or they knew and they thought they could like hide it and just you know push through it for whatever reason, you know, we don't know people's like reasoning behind, but so many women have sat where you sit, sit. And I think it's interesting for you, even in that space to be like, he was put on my path for a reason, you know, even though this was extremely traumatic in the moment, like you can still see like a, a little bit of purpose behind it now in hindsight, you know? And I think that's, a beautiful thing to have that perspective because a lot of people don't they're just angry and bitter and you know how could they have done this to me and I'm sure you've gone through all of that those emotions as well you know I don't want to take away your humanity but I think it's it's also nice to see that evolution right and that Mm -hmm. healing process and how it heals other things along the way as well what was that healing process like for you you know so I struggle with this word healing because, and, and people who kind of follow me in my community or know me as, as a therapist know that the, this idea of healing, and I use the word all the time, by the way, um, because I haven't come up with a better term. However, I don't know that I would ever claim to be, um, you know, we talk about healing in this process of healing is this idea of like somewhere we arrive and then somehow something is better, like as though we were sick and now we're healthy. Um, and you know, I'll be honest, there's so many things that, that let, that have been on my healing journey, but I don't know that I'll ever be healed. There's, there's those moments, um, where something happens in my life and I'm sort of thrown off my path and I'm, and it brings up these feelings of abandonment or loss or the why me or the pity party. Um, and I say that from a loving place, cause I think it's important to sometimes pass through all of that. But when that comes up for me, there's still moments that then it's like, I rewind the clock in my mind and I'm like, well, if Jared hadn't, if this hadn't, if, and I start playing that game. So, um, you know, I'm human and, and that, that comes up, but ultimately, um, you know, the work that I have done between, you know, being just a self-reflective person in general, having gone to therapy after everything that had happened, 
um, you know, my friends and family being so incredibly supportive. And, and I think that's so key is finding community, finding people who can support you on your journey. And all of those things have really helped. Um, but two things that I really want to touch on that have been huge, which is one, my communication with my ex-husband, um, for several years, I wasn't ready to engage in any kind of relationship with him. He had, you know, moved back to the East coast where he was originally from. And, um, he's actually married now uh, to a man and uh, I'm very close with both of them, but Jared, my ex-husband really allowed me the space to have my feelings and to process through with him any and all questions I had. And, um, when I was ready to engage in a relationship with him again, Having somebody hold that space for me was so incredibly therapeutic because like most of us, most traumatic experiences and things that are difficult, we generally don't. And and I think this is changing, but we generally don't have people who say like, okay, let's talk this through what's happened. Let's process it. Let's allow you space to have all of your emotions. And we're taught to just push them away, self-soothe um, you know, whatever it is and not actually be in the process of it. So him being able to gift me that has been so incredibly therapeutic. And then also, and I kind of said this before, but finding community and finding support. And as funny as this may sound, because here we sit in 2021, um, but going back to my divorce, which was in 2012, I have to tell you that I couldn't really find anybody who had been in my shoes. There was people who kind of, you know, somebody knew somebody who knew somebody, but their husband came out after 30 years and three kids and X, Y, and Z had happened, or they had caught, you know, their, their partner dressing up in their clothes. I mean, there was, as I'm sure you could imagine, all kinds of stories of varying um, colors and degrees and situations, but I couldn't find anybody to connect with since things have happened with me. There's actually been several, um, you know, friends or friends of friends who I've supported on this journey, but I remember, and this is going to sound really funny. I found a Yahoo group of women who, I don't even know what the title of the group was at this point. And I literally created like a Yahoo email account so that I could have this. And it was exactly what you would think like a, you know, uh, an email thread of people posting their stories and offering to support other people. And I'll never forget this one woman met me. It was at the farmer's market at the Grove. And we met one Sunday morning for coffee. And again, she was somebody who had been married a bit longer and they shared kids together. But nonetheless, this perfect stranger who was just willing to share her time with me and just say like, hey, I've been where you've been. I've sat in your shoes and you're going to be okay. Was you know, and, and sadly, I actually don't even have this woman's information anymore. Like, I don't know what became of her. I'd have to somehow log into this email, but she was this like angel that was put on my path to, you know, help me in my, on my journey. And so, yeah, that was, that was really incredibly therapeutic for me. Yeah, no, and I love that. And I love like all of that, but something that really stuck out to me, stuck out to me is this concept of healing. And I think to your point, when you think about healing, we think about it from, um, from like a physically medical sense, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you broke your arm, it healed and now it's fine. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I've learned, like doing the work that I do is healing in the sense of like emotional or spiritual or mental trauma is that it's not that it ever goes away, right? It's not that it's ever not a part of you anymore, but you learn how to navigate through it and take out 
what you've found that has given you strength and purpose and then almost disassociate from the rest of it and understand like yes that happened to me but now I'm a different person and it's so interesting because the last conversation I had um the woman was talking about how she could see a physical difference within herself from before it happened and after right and she's like if anybody else were to look at these pictures they'd be like it's the same person like whatever but I think we do we go through those those transitions and it's like you have those scars still they're not never going to be a part of you because they happen to you but I think for me the healing journey is more of learning how to utilize the strength that you've gained from those moments and then understanding what you needed to process to get to where you are you know it's like everything has brought us to the place where we are in life and the women that we are now but I think it's beautiful that you did have a group of women that could rally around you and help you and say we've been where you've been and we can offer you you know our time and our energy and just let you process it and sort through it because not that many people like you said have that and that's with any trauma right it's yeah. it's it's nice to have a community and that's what like every therapist every life coach every everybody is like find your tribe find your community but it's so it's so important because it's hard to explain something to somebody that's never been through it and then have them you know really get it like they can be empathetic but like somebody that's been through it like they know you know what I mean and I'm glad that you were were blessed with that and you know and like you said I think it's great that you have a relationship with your ex-husband and his husband now because so many people in all types of marriages (laughs) don't have that you know what I mean after they divorce somebody so that in itself is like such a blessing but what was it that allowed you to even like open up and go back into like a, a conversation with him you know like what was that process like yeah so um about three years after he had come out and there had been several times that he had tried to reach out um you know, birthdays, he would send a card and and whatnot, but he really tried to respect, you know, as much as possible that I wasn't ready. I don't know if he ever thought that I would come around and and be willing to engage in in a friendship with him. Um, And definitely, I don't think he imagined the friendship that we have now, but what had happened was my grandmother, um, who I was incredibly close with, who really helped raise my sister and I, she had passed away Um, it was around Thanksgiving time about, like I said, this was about three years after, um, our divorce. And at that time I had also been going through a bad breakup with somebody new I had been dating. And I was just in a really low spot. My grandmother and I were incredibly close and Jared really, he knew that relationship. He honored that relationship. There's, you know, people who've known me a long time know how important she was to me. She obviously still is to me, but he really like walked that road with me. And so naturally, um, when she passed, he reached out to me, but because I had been feeling so low and just obviously having, having lost my grandmother and going through a, a, you know, a, a rough relationship and whatnot, there was this piece of me that was like, well, there's no, there's no harm in talking to Jared right now because there's nothing like me opening up Pandora's box. There's like nothing else that could really go wrong right now, essentially. Yeah. And so, um, 
I'll never forget. I was in my childhood home in my bedroom and I returned his call and we spoke probably for about an hour, both in tears. He was close with my family. So I think that loss also hit him, but also just the enormity of what it meant for us to be reconnecting in this way. And honestly, from that moment, I haven't looked back. He came into town, into Los Angeles, probably about a month or so later. It was sometime around Christmas, I remember. And we got together and spent the morning together and got coffee and just talked for hours about everything. And I just, it was so it just, it felt like home for me. It felt like I was able to reconnect with somebody who knew me on such a deep, real level and could really see me. And like I said, him providing the space to be in all of those conversations. So, um, so yeah, ultimately it was the loss of my grandma that brought us, brought us back together. Wow. So, and it's, it's so interesting how, how loss, right. Brings people back together. But then also like, what was that journey like you, like for you emotionally and spiritually and like mentally, like after your divorce and then after the loss, you know, of your grandmother and your father, how has all of that kind of like shifted how you operate in like your holistic self? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... I think the short answer is in a lot of ways, Um, you know, people are always saying to me like, oh, Missy, you're so strong. You're so strong. Like, how do you know, how do you do it? You always just power through. And on some, you know, on one hand, that's really beautiful. And I'll accept the compliment and Yaji, thank you. And then the other part of me is sort of like, well, what option did I have? And I, and I know there was options and I know that there's a certain amount of resilience and strength that comes when you go through, you know, trauma to be able to move through it. And there's so many people who aren't as fortunate who turn to substances, you know, whether it be drugs, alcohol, compulsion, gambling, you know, whatever it is. Um, but you know, I think when I really stop and think about it, it's allowed me to appreciate everything in my life that much more. And I know the statement of sort of, you know, everything happens for a reason is, is a bit trite. And it's hard for me to sort of reckon with that of like, oh, well, you know, losing my father at a young age happened for a reason or my mother leave, you know, or all of these things. But I think, I kind of want to flip the script on that and say, not that everything happens for a reason, but what reason can I take from everything happening? And, um, you know, just the, the support that I've had, um, from those around me and being able to really appreciate what I do have and what I am able to, you know, cultivate in my life. And, you know, that, that sort of like, getting through all the hard days. I don't know. I probably didn't really just answer your question, but <laughs> no, but I think, I think it, it does. It does because well, two things. So first thing, and I know, and I struggle with this too, is like, like, Oh, you're so strong. And as people who think the way we think to your point, well, what else was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to just like, you know, not <laughs> move forward? Yeah. But yeah. To that point, though, yeah, you could have crawled in bed 
for the rest of your life and and not, you know, and just like barely functioned. You could have, you know, just been bitter and angry and like let that really destroy your spirit. Like, and that's like even outside of like turning a substance abuse abuse or like any of that. Like you could have just been like an unhappy person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like and you're not, you know, and you're not bitter. And I mean, we all have our moments of sadness. I'm sure, you know, we're human, but you're not bitter. And even the fact that you can say, what can I learn from this? Or what can I take from this moment? And, you know, for me, I think for me, it's like, everything might not happen for a reason, but everything happens for a purpose. And that's what I tell myself, right? It's like, it's not always great. It's not always fun. We don't always enjoy it, right? You know, I find myself angry with God often, like what the F is going on. But I think the more I live and the more I like really reflect, it's like there was a purpose behind it. It just sucks, you know, and it was taking me down a path that I otherwise would not have gone down. And I hate that this is the route that it had to get me there. But like, I know that this is like the direction that I'm supposed to be. And I think for me, that's like, the only solace in it right because it is hard to be like to lose loved ones to experience like deep trauma especially at a young age because for a large part of my life I was like why does God hate me (laughs) like that was my thing it's like why do all these things have to happen to me so young right and it took years of therapy for me to really (laughs) dive into that but I think for me, that is the only like solace is like there, it, some, it has to be purposeful for whatever reason, you know? And I think just surrendering to that makes life a lot easier than, than trying to figure it out the whole time. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that absolutely makes sense. And I mean, even just, you know, it's just sort of like an overarching idea to it all. All of it makes me a better clinician. You know, I can, I can understand and actually empathize with loss in such a real way, you know, with whomever walks into my door or in this case in our new virtual you know, world on zoom, but yeah, you know, it all, it all informs who we are. Every experience I've had has, you know, created the person that I am sitting here speaking to you right now, including this experience, which will inform me, you know, moving forward, this podcast interview. Yeah. Right. And I love that. And I think it's so nice to really do things with purpose and understanding, understanding that, right. Cause it's like, so often I feel like some people just do stuff to do it. And even me, I have a habit of just doing stuff to like, be like, yeah, I'm doing this, but really sitting in the purpose of things, it does, it makes it, it makes it settle better. If <laughs> you know what I mean? For lack of a better term. Um, but even in regard to that, what do you think you've learned most about yourself from this process? Hmm. two things. One is that I can get through hard things, um, that no matter how difficult something may feel that, you know, is in front of me, that I will be okay. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be painful or sad or difficult or exhausting or whatever, fill in the blank, but that I will be okay. Um, And to not be, you know, and this is such a daily practice, what I'm about to say, but to not be attached to 
an outcome. You know, had you asked me right after everything had happened with my ex-husband, I would have told you we're never going to be friends or there's no space for that in my life or whatever it is. And, you know, really standing on such a firm platform of, of what I believe to be the case, but really allowing myself to say, you know, even when I feel so strong about something to say, you know, as of now, I can never imagine us being friends, you know, in this moment, that's what I really feel. Um, but to not attach to an idea too tightly. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I definitely can relate to that. Cause like, I am, I am that person where it's like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't like, I don't know. Um, and very rarely do I like stand firm on stuff where I'm like, never, ever, I don't ever want to like engage with this person again. And it takes me a lot to get there. But I think just giving yourself that grace to like evolve and change and heal from, from whatever hurt that might say, this is how I feel right now, you know? And so often we don't give ourselves that grace to say, this is how I feel right now. It might change later. But I think it's great that in your journey, you've like found that space of grace for yourself, you know, because a lot of people never get there, right? A lot of people never get to that space of like giving yourself grace. It's a daily practice. Let's, let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, but it definitely is. But like even being aware of it, right? Some people don't know, and then they do change their mind and they feel bad about changing their mind. You know what I mean? Because they were so firm and like hell bent on not doing it and they're like oh maybe I should do it and then it's like oh well now you know it's that shame or that like I'm going silly you know so just just having the ability to identify that you need that grace like we all need more of that in our lives I know I do because I yeah it's it's a hard skill but it's also so easy (laughs) when you think about it because we give grace to other people all the time strangers complete strangers you can be like oh maybe so-and-so is just having a bad day and that's why he just did whatever you know but it's so much harder to do it for ourselves so much harder for ourselves and for those people closest to us for some reason the stranger that feels much easier yeah yeah I I agree one thousand percent so what would you tell somebody that's in this similar situation? It's like going through this that feels like their whole world kind of has like been flipped upside down. Yeah. Um, to feel it all, to be in your process. Um, don't let anyone dim, dim that light. Don't let anyone minimize your experience. You know, th- there's a time and a place for all of it. Meaning that, you know, some nights you might just want to have a glass of wine with your girlfriends and not talk about it or to laugh and be playful or to be in complete tears. But whatever it is, be in your process unapologetically. Um, Doesn't matter how many people might be in a similar situation to you or might have gone through something before. No one has been you in this moment in your shoes. So what you need is going to look infinitely different than what anybody else is going to need, want, desire. And that's okay. That is, that's, that's you. That's your unique magic that you need to be in your own process. No, I love that. And I feel like that's going to be so helpful to so many people because I don't think 
we talk enough about trauma. So people have this idea of what trauma is supposed to look like and what healing from it is supposed to look like. And like, they give themselves a timeline. And it's like, that's not how the human experience is. So why would we think that that's how a trauma <laughs> would happen? And I think it's so liberating for people to be like, this is my path. This is how I am, you know, dealing with this, healing from this, moving forward to whatever the next phase of my life is. And it's unique to me. And like, you know, be empowered to say, if you don't like it, then you don't have to be here. And I don't think we give ourselves that power to say, this is where I am. Don't tell me that I'm overreacting or being dramatic, or I just need to pick myself up. Today, I'm going to lay in bed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that's where I am. And maybe tomorrow I'll do something else. So I think that's so powerful because people do, they need to hear that, that it's okay for you to process things the way you process things. Yeah. yeah. So in that though, how can families and friends be more supportive of people going through something like this? Oh man. I mean, the absolute number one thing that I will say to be supportive to, you know, anyone going through something like this or similar is to try your very best. You are only human, but to be mindful of the questions that you ask, or maybe not even just the questions, but the statements that you make. I think we live in such a to kind of speak to what you were just talking about, you know, we don't talk about trauma enough. We live in such a fix it society. Um, you know, we want to make everything better. We want to find a date. There's an app for that. We want to understand what our symptoms are. There's an app for that. We have a doctor on call. You have an answer to this or Wikipedia and all of those things are amazing resources, but sometimes things take time. And, you know, two things, two, two questions that I got asked all the time, one more of a statement and one, a question one was, well, thank God you guys don't have children. And it was like, okay, you have no idea what I want and don't want around children and what that would yeah. look like for a relationship if we had. And I know people are just trying to make it better, but you don't know where someone stands on that issue. And yeah. that's a really personal thing to to say and it, and it, yeah. and how minimizing like should that does that make whatever my feelings in my heart are any less difficult yeah um and the second thing which is the question that i got all the time um the most obvious question which was well how was your sex life and did you know <laughs> um and it's like okay i'll address the first question which is how is your sex life like do i go around asking you that i mean maybe i talk to my best friends about that um but what an intrusive question and also did you know yeah i knew i knew the whole time and i thought this would be a really great life decision <laughs> for myself so and again i know these questions are totally well intentioned and when i put myself in you know in the supportive role um, I get the desire to want to process through those questions, but just try and be mindful, try and really hold the space for, um, you know, anyone, anyone going through this or any loss for that matter. And I love what you said about a timeline. Like there's just no timeline for these things, especially when we talk about, um, permanent losses in people's life. Like when I think of having lost my, you know, my, my mother and my father, my, you know, all my grandparents at this point, you know, there's, there's no timeline. There's, 
moments, a scent in the air, a song comes on the radio. You know, I had someone call my cell phone today and they asked for, you know, Raymond, that was my father, like looking for him. And suddenly I'm just sort of stopped in my tracks. Like, why are you calling me? Look at, you know, so yeah, just really being mindful. Yeah. And, and being respectful. And this is something that I say all the time. It's like, think of if you were in that situation and I don't think people ever do that right it's like you would not want these questions to be asked you would not want someone to say this to you and I know sometimes it's like oh people are trying to comfort you and they don't know what to do so they just say like the most ridiculous things like come out of their mouths and it's like sometimes just ask the person what they need and I think that's been my biggest takeaway from all the conversations I've had with people thus far, but even in my personal life, it's like, ask people what they need. And if you cannot like support them in that way, be honest, but don't try to like give them what you want them to have from you because that's what you're capable of giving. If that's not what they need, like you have to disassociate yourself from wanting to help and like actually giving people what they need. And I feel like so often people are like, I just want to help, I just want to help. And then they make things worse, (laughs) you know? Yeah, so true. And then, so the last, like, I guess, what, you know what, let's back up a little bit because you were saying that, you know, your relationship with your ex-husband kind of was the catalyst for a lot of other things in your life to, to happen. He And you can see now that he was in your life for a reason. So what one, what was that? And if you care to share, and then also how did that evolution start to happen in your mind for things to be just revealed to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, I often say, I've actually been saying this a lot lately. This is clearly not a phrase I've coined and I'll probably get whatever the actual iteration of this is wrong, but We can't really connect the dots until we're looking in the rear view mirror. So, so many of of the things that have happened in my life since my divorce and everything else, I could have never, um, I could have never known or could have never predicted. And, And quite frankly, in the moment, didn't really recognize a lot of them. It's not until I've gotten enough time away from certain things that I've been able to notice what those gifts are. And so what I mean by that, for example, um, you know, it's hard to say what my life would look like if Jared and I were still married and, um, you know, he identified as being heterosexual and, you know, maybe we had a family and kids. It's really hard for me to envision my life because so much of my life, um, has happened since then. There's been so many relationships, so many, um, learning so many, you know, so much self, so much self-discovery is really the key. And not to say that I wouldn't have ended up on that path anyhow, because I've always been somebody sort of thirsty for that knowledge and wanting to do the work. I mean, look, I'm a therapist, but this real desire to get to know myself, to, really dig in and do the work would not have happened in the same way had I not gone through that experience. And so there's so much in my life that I've been so blessed to be in the experience of, be it other relationships, people in my life that I've met, the kind of relationship I have with Jared now um, and and what that kind of support and love looks like in my life. 
um, how I view relationships in general and um, the importance of marriage and what that looks like. And I mean, there's so many things, literally everything in my yeah. life because every experience shapes us. So it's, it's hard to kind of undo that thread and figure out exactly how that's landed because it's so interwoven together and in, in just who I am and who I be in my life now. Yeah. And how was that process of dating again for you? Like, were you hesitant? Were you scared? Did you just not want to do it at all? Like kind of how did that happen for you? Mm -hmm. You know, initially, um, it was really difficult to put myself back out there. I felt like, oh my God, I had you know, I, I should also mention that when Jared and I got married, that was a really happy time in my life. Our, our whole relationship, not just married, but it was a really happy time in my life. Um, I'd spent a lot of years being really depressed and really struggling. Um, I, I don't want to put all the blame on my mom, but a lot of things related to my mom leaving and a lot of the abandonment that I experienced as a result of that and then ultimately her passing away. And I spent a lot of years really unhappy and really using relationships to sort of fill that void in a, in a not particularly healthy way. And so when Jared and I met and dated and got married, you know, my life finally felt like it was on some path. It was sort of like, I couldn't be angry anymore. Like here was this thing in my life that was unfolding in such a beautiful way. And then when that rug was pulled out from underneath me, it really made me question everything. And so that made it really hard to date. Um, but you know, with time I did, and, um, <laughs> we'd be here for about four more podcast episodes if I got into like all, all of my, you know, my dating world and all the things that I kind of learned as results and, and redating and, you know, redating and, in your thirties and now my late thirties, but I'm in a, you know, a healthy, committed, beautiful partnership now. Um, and I don't think I could show up as the person I was or, you know, I am in this relationship without all of those past experiences. So again, just, you know, an, another um, example of something in my life that this has all led me right to where I am. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because a lot of us have these trauma bonds with our partners that are based off of our relationships with our parents and we don't know it until something happens and I think and it's it's really interesting because a lot of the women I've been talking to have said the same thing it's like there was like this relationship that was great and I thought it was amazing and like all the things were perfect and then something happened and then it brought up all this stuff from my childhood <laughs> you know and then it kind of forced forces you to deal with your inner child that you haven't dealt with and like you said to your point you were happy so you wouldn't have necessarily gone down that rabbit hole as deep because you would I guess like you wouldn't have had the motive you know for lack of a better term like it wouldn't have been as pressing for you to mm -hmm. be like who am I what is this what am I experiencing so I think like I'm sorry that you had to go through that journey to get to this but I I think it's a beautiful path when you see the end is like, you do have a healthy relationship. You are constantly working on yourself and finding that, you know, constant growth that so many people just don't experience, you know, in life. And I say in life because some people don't, some people really don't 
go there with themselves. So even the fact that you're willing to go there with yourself after so much trauma in your life, that's brave in itself. And it does make you strong. Like I said, you could just be sitting under a blanket crying all day, but you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're using your experience with loss to help other people, which is like the greatest gift that you can give is to pay it forward. Right. So that's amazing. That makes you like a great therapist, right? Like that's what we want. Somebody that's actually lived life. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Krista. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, and I, and I love it. And that's why I'm so glad you agreed to do this. And, and for the listeners, I have no idea what people are going to say when they come on. I don't know what they're going to talk about. I have an idea because these are people that I do know and have known for a while, but so far everybody's talked about what I thought they were going to talk about, which is great, but also it's just like powerful women really like being vulnerable with themselves and with the world to help other people. And I think we do need more of that right? It's like, you don't always have to be strong. You don't always have to be perfect and you can still be great, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I love that so many people are willing to share their stories in like a real way. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's hard. Like, and I'll be the first to say it. I would love for everybody to think my life is perfect and everything's great. That's not real life. (laughs) But to wrap it all up, If someone were to ask you, how do you feel you have found triumph in the aftermath of this trauma? What would you say? I'm going to go back to something we've already talked about. And it's really as simple as this. And it's that it has all added to and formulated who I am right now in this moment. And for that, I wouldn't trade anything. And, you know, I don't think anybody looks at my life and thinks it's perfect because no one's life is perfect, but especially as a therapist, it's, you know, a lot of people don't always see behind the curtain, especially my clients, right? Because our process isn't about me. It's about them. Um, but I'm real. I'm a human just because I process and feel all these things. I can't tell you how many times I found myself in absolute tears you know, on the floor of my shower, you know, that there's real moments of brokenness, of pain, of, I don't know how I can possibly, you know, make it through one more moment of this day, but you keep going and somehow, you know, it's like the sun rises again. And with time, which is the biggest blessing and biggest curse, we feel better. You know, we, we do the work and we feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like perfect. That's the perfect way to end this. Let's head into this lightning round. Now, this is a fun round because I don't want to leave it on a heavy note. I don't leave any episodes on heavy notes. So what's one thing in your life that you are most proud you have achieved? Oh, my independence, my, my career. Yeah. Yeah. Building, you know, continue. And it's, it's just growing. Like I'm just scratching the surface and getting started, but knowing that I can take care of me. Oh, I love that. Um, What's your number one goal for 2022? My number one goal for 2022 is 
creating a program where I can serve and support um, more, more people. Um, therapy is a real privilege that is not lost on me. So how can I make things a bit more cost-effective and be able to give back and serve more humans? Oh, I love that. And then where do you see yourself in five years? So I am currently working on a book in the mental health space, which I'm really excited about. And, um, hopefully this will, I'm not going to say, hopefully it will, I think the language we use is important. It will parlay itself and allow to be, um, a jumping off point to work on the book that I really want to write. In addition to this, which will be more about my story and my journey and sort of my memoir and how I can be, um, how, how I can really support people through the learnings that, I've had. Um, so in five years, hopefully that book will be out there in the world and hopefully I will be on a book tour and sharing it with many people. Yes. No, it's happening. It's, it's manifested. It's manifested. It's, yes. it's going to happen. That's great. I, I'm excited to see it and I'm excited to read this book you're working on now as well. Um, okay. Two more questions because I know we got to wrap it up a little bit. So what um, first impression, do you want others to experience when they meet you? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is connection. Uh, I think that that can be difficult with time constraint, but even, you know, even in line at the grocery store, taking that extra moment to, you know, make eye contact with the cashier, even that to me, those small moments of connection. And so I hope that anytime somebody meets me, that's what they're left with is, you know, and, and if there's more time, empathy and curiosity, I'm always asking questions. Like I want to understand people, like what's their story? What makes them tick? Like what makes them them? And so it's my, you know, it's my hope that, that that's the experience and the first impression somebody can have of me is that, that sense of connection. I love that. And then what is one quote that you live by and why? Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I just, I, I, I can't think of anything more true than that. It's our fear that gets in the way of everything, that negative self-talk, those limiting beliefs. Um, you know, it's like they say, the opposite of fear is love. So how can I see everything, you know, from a place of love and drop the fear? And, you know, it's, I'm constantly live, trying to live my life that way um, in, in pursuit of living my life more that way. So yeah, I love that. That is a great quote. I, yeah, I'm, I'm big on that, on not letting fear determine your life. I tell people all the time, I'm constantly scared and I just do stuff and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. And where can people find you? Do you have any events or workshops or anything coming up? Tell the people all about it. Yeah. Well, first of all, Krista, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be able to be in this conversation with you. Um, you know, for those listening, Krista and I were blessed to meet at a yoga studio. So talk about being, you know, timing and being in the right place at the right time and, and connection and, you know, um, curiosity and empathy. And, you know, we've gotten to know each other in, in such a special way through all of that. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, in terms of finding me, the best place to find me is on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is 
at I am Missy Beck, and that's M-I-S-S-Y-B-E-C-K. Um, my website is missybeck.com. So either place, and you know, I personally respond to all messages and everything on there. No one's doing it for me. Um, and in terms of upcoming projects, I'm just going to say that in spring, uh, my book will be published. So keep your eye out. Like I said, I, I can't really say much, but I'll say that it's in the mental health space. And um, I'm excited to hear everyone's feedback. Awesome. Well, I am super amped. I'm going to share all your information in the show notes. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening, gentlemen, because you may or may not be, but uh, feel free to follow Missy, follow her story and just support in any way that you can. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks, Krista. Thank you. Well, there you have it, friends, another episode of Trauma and Triumph. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. If you're enjoying our conversation so far, please feel free to subscribe on Spotify or Amazon Music. Also, be sure to share with your friends and family. See you next week for another triumphant story.